Your martial arts movie podcast. Ha ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of fail. You know, the theme for this month is just comedies. Right? That's the theme for this month. Intentional or not. Intentional or not, yes. That that's what we kind of agreed upon because we've <laughs> we tried to look up So Bad It's Good movies last, last year, year and mm-hmm. we had some get difficulty finding some because we you know, we wanted to kind of laugh at some movies, but we wanted fight choreography we could potentially break down. Yes. So that's that's kinda of difficult, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of already hard find, to find gems, you know, like the diamonds in the rough. And they have to be martial arts movies. And they have to be, you know, worth talking about. So, you know, like, we kind of abandoned that. Well, you know, that this year, and we try to go a little bit more broad. But then I just stumbled upon this on Tubi. Yeah, I was going like, to say, how did you find this? Was it I, you just literally... Fucking, it was just random. Like, you know, like, uh, on our search for, you know, martial arts movies in general it's just sometimes it's it's just like finding a curated list of other rec- people's recommendations you know like you know just going through lists and whatnot but this was just a random click i was like this title sounds stupid <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and i can't even remember it as soon as i'm done saying fight of fury which is the movie we're talking about today as soon as i'm done saying that title i already forgot the title I, I, I've I been recalling this entire week when I kept on asking, what movie are we watching again? I kept on getting it wrong, like, every <laughs> single time. Yes. Well, Fight of Fury. Uh, this is a movie that I have to question myself, like, where the hell was this last year? On this 20, yeah, perfect. so this came out in 2020. Yes. It, it This feels old. This movie feels a little old. <laughs> considering some certain story points uh, and we can elaborate on that later but 2020 where was this i'm guessing maybe it didn't go on to tubi until maybe much later maybe even this year right so maybe i I don't think i would have found it anyways it's just complete luck that i found this movie and i i remember clicking it and watching the first 10 minutes i'm like wow this is amazing uh i can't watch this alone (laughs) i need to watch this in a group and then, unfortunately, you and I had to watch it separately. But, man, this would have been, like, the ultimate experience because it is up there now. It is on my list of favorite So Bad It's Good movies now. It's not the best, but I'd say, like, it's it's pretty much, you know, like, top five at this point. Um, I, this movie's a blast. Um, Shuni B, uh, should, should we talk about him a little bit? <laughs> I mean, I don't know too much about him other than that I'm guessing this movie is a personal passion project, most likely funded by him and his, you know, his students. Maybe he's he's very obviously a martial arts instructor mm-hmm. and he wanted to make a movie to honor Bruce Lee. I mean, they make that clear in the beginning of the movie as well. They make that clear throughout the film because of the 
Bruce Lee battle cries that he imitates throughout. And then there are some obvious visual nods. And yeah, this this is a man who wanted to make a martial arts movie. And when you have that idea thrown out there into, you know, the cinema verse or, or whatever you want to call it, it almost always goes in one direction, right? I don't recall a movie where you hear about somebody saying, oh, this was my personal pro- passion project, and then it's yeah. widely accepted and praised as this amazing piece of work. Yeah, vanity projects usually are laughable just by the very context of, you know, it's like, oh, this is a movie where I am awesome and I am infallible. I am, I am perfect. Um, right okay maybe okay I, I misspoke vanity project i think i was saying passion project yeah passion project yeah. <laughs> well it is a passion project the passion is himself <laughs> he, uh, he well, loves... uh, i don't know if i could say that it, he come <laughs> he, he he's not as narcissistic as i thought this might go in he's uh, definitely he's definitely one of those guys that has a philosophy and he's trying <laughs> to inject that philosophy into the script and during key moments in the movie where characters are, are like, oh, wow, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> even though we couldn't even understand what he was saying. Uh, yeah, well, that's not only because of the like, maybe that... like the accent that he has. Uh, he's Nepalese. Yeah. It's more like I legitimately don't know what on earth he's going on about. Oh, Some God, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would never, I, I do not like to make fun of people when they have an accent because, you know, I have, I have ESL friends. Like, it, it, it's such an, it's such low-hanging fruit to just make fun of somebody for their accent and when they're speaking English when you realize, like, oh, they can speak multiple languages. Like, you know, make, make fun course, of something else. Of course, of course. No, don't but, punch down. No, of course. But you do have to realize that when you're starring in a movie and you have this thick accent, giving yourself these philosophical lines to speak and then not even mixing it well so that you have people talking over each other you have the music swelling above what you're saying you have sound effects (laughs) going on you have other things going on in the background it you can't even understand what he's saying sometimes oh that's why there came comes to a point where you have to turn on the subtitles to understand what he says and even then, you don't know what on earth he's going on about. It's just random philosophy. Uh, or, like, sometimes he'll say things that are completely out of context. Like, his daughter will say, oh, I really miss mom. And then he goes on and says something along the lines of, if you close your eyes, you will see better than someone with their eyes open. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> like, that has nothing to do with what... Th- Anyways. Let's talk about <laughs> the story. Zero, do you want to talk about the story? Oh, God. So um, a group of girls gets drugged with cocaine, put it no. being put into their wine. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's you are like really undermining no, no, that no. scene. That scene is amazing. It is amazing. Well, I'm saying <laughs> what happens is these girls get drugged you know, and then taken into sex trafficking. One of these girls escapes. All these men are after her. She stumbles upon the martial arts studio of uh, Shunibi, who is named Brandon. Oh, God, is he named Brandon because Bruce Lee's son? Oh, oh, oh I, I didn't oh, draw that connection till now. Oh, I hope that's not probably. the connection. That's probably what it is. 
<laughs> anyway. So um, she stumbles onto a studio. He protects her by beating up, what, like 30 guys in his studio. No, it's, just, it's just like 10 guys, but they keep on repeating them over and over. Right, right. They So he defeats them, you know, saves saves his sex, sex trafficking Escape E. And then... Uh, it, it gets the, the ball in motion for that, oh, uh, we realize that this girl who escaped has a hard disk that has information about the sex traffickers, which never comes up again. Never comes back again. <laughs> and so they need to go and get her back. And in order to do that, they need to fight with Shuni B's character. And then they start going after his daughter in order to kind of get him to come out and so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. Wow. You basically even tied in parts of the movie that's like the end, essentially. <laughs> you basically wrapped up the whole film. Um, yeah. Super. I wouldn't say simple, but super straight to the point. Uh, that that drugging scene is so fucking bad. Everything about this movie is just like uh, it just well, screams okay. like incompetence. And that's exactly yeah. what we eat up. Like it's, it, it's oh great. god, yeah. So that that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> it seems like they are dubbing over all their lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing maybe because, and this is just speculation. Maybe they shot with just the onboard recording of the camera. When they yes. went back to put it together, they realized, oh, this audio sounds horrible. Okay, well, how can we do that? Well, I think the only thing you could do is you need to redub all the lines so that they're all clearer. Mm-hmm. And when you see it, the the voices kind of match the lips, but the acting doesn't match the body movement or maybe what's going on. So it almost sounds like maybe the actors aren't even the ones dubbing their lines. It, it could well be somebody else, right? You know... That's that is so true, and and that that's it's not. A, I don't think that's speculation. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that's true because there's one scene. It's randomly inserted into the movie where the character they just the daughter found a dog. It's just a random dog. It has nothing to do with the story. It doesn't progress anything. It just happens to be a dog. And then the the father Shunibi says, "Uh, no, you can't keep it." And that's the whole point of the scene. Like that—that's basically all that is. So, but if you listen, you—you you would tell that that dog is dubbed over. <laughs> it, oh my god! It's yes, it's a guy just breathing into the breathing mic, heavy and panting. To be a dog. Oh god! It doesn't sound anything like like what an actual dog sounds like. That's the caliber of movie we're talking about here, and no, I, I I'm pretty sure that's the case because I didn't I don't think they could afford like boom mics or anything of that sort. Like there, I didn't see a single like arm on screen, like a boom arm yeah. on screen. Uh, you know, like big, and you can actually see a lot of the camera crew in a lot of this movie because there's a lot of reflections. There's, you know, sometimes you'll see the camera crew in the in the car uh, detail. Uh, you can see them in mirrors, so many mirrors. And if if you really want to hide the fact that you know, like you're low budget, don't make everyone wear shades where you can see the reflection of the camera operator inside the in the, the glasses themselves. 
it, it yeah this movie just screams homemade <laughs> like it's it's a home it's a home video it, that's what it basically is it's it's it was a home video and i think they're maybe down the line in during production they're like maybe we can make some money off of this <laughs> and then just uh, i mean i i yeah, I think he wanted to make a movie. He got his friends together. He got some, you know, he scrounged up some dough. He got some equipment and they, you know, they made a film. Mm-hmm. It's not a complete film. Yeah, <laughs> and we yeah, can yeah, elaborate let's... on that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can but elaborate he... a little bit now. Just, you know. Uh, no, I don't yeah. want to give that away. I think okay. that's just too okay. good to, well, to, to spoil. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, I don't think we've done enough justice to explain why this movie's amazing even though we gave some examples uh, but i this movie there is a sequel that this movie is trying to uh to gather right uh it's still in the works and there's a gofundme for the movie and i am 100 percent going to plug this gofundme i think everyone should contribute to it so we can have a second film <laughs> I would love a second movie of this. Uh, so uh, I, I th- we, we were, I was kind of talking to you about this before, uh-huh. and you and I love bad movies. Part of that is because of the quote-unquote, you know, um, incompetent filmmaker, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who wants to make movies. Maybe there's definitely a passion there. You can't deny that. But in terms of the movie making process, probably not good. Probably, you know, very amateur at best. But that's where a lot of the charm, a lot of the enjoyment comes from it. To You know, uh, and uh, we're yes, we're laughing at it, but you're making something very entertaining at the same time. Yeah. So, so there's a give and take there. So yeah. um, when we, we were watching uh, Neil Breen's Twisted Pear recently. And <laughs> another recommend from us. Yeah, another high recommend. And I was speculating to Hugh... At this point in his career, does he realize that people are laughing at his movies well, and I'm... not with maybe the enjoyment of what he's uh, making? Oof. Okay, well, right. I, I'm going to say that this is me being a little bit on the, the, the hyperbolic side and maybe being a little bit mean. Um, this movie screams McDojo. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's it's like the I, I get that. life uh you know like kind of persona um not to be mean to you know uh, you know like how it has nothing it has nothing to do with like traditional martial arts whatever it's more like this is like the kind of person that like i think of when i think like they really think that they they know the way they're like they're really like in their own bubble so mm-hmm. i want to assume that you know like he's kind of above that he's like well, whatever i made a film and you know like it speaks to my philosophy whatever i'm just gonna do my own thing i don't think he's gonna be personally attacked by it but going back to what you're saying uh i don't think this movie has enough exposure uh which is why we need to plug the shit out of this movie (laughs) and get this movie out there so so just going back a little bit to what i was what i was kind of getting to is that okay so you know if, if he were to get a lot more exposure i mean not not because we're the greatest martial arts movie podcast out there and we have millions of followers, but if we were to suddenly get an influx of money, do you think he would then still be able to make an incompetent film or would then he then look at the reviews and realize like, oh, people think this is a bad movie. That's why 
they like it do i then need to up my filmmaking skills and then it just it it crashes the movie it's no longer going to be a so bad it's good movie it's going to be him trying to make a good movie right yeah yeah you can be you can either be a neil breen who's like you know at this point i'm sure he knows that people you know might be talking badly of his movies which uh, you know, like he, it doesn't really affect him at all. He just continues to churn out crap after crap, even with all the negative publicity. Um, and the, but you could be on that end of the spectrum, or it could be a Tommy Wiseau, and like, oh, you made and the like broom. fully embrace it. Yeah, he embraced it, and then after that, it's like he just can't. You can't. You can't intentionally be incompetent. It, it's not. That's not how that works. Yeah, that that's because you know, um, we love Samurai Cop. And yes. then they tried to make that sequel. I didn't watch it. I kind of don't. I kind of don't want to watch it because I don't want to tarnish the first one. But the first one was made by an incompetent filmmaker. It all the things aligned for it to be a so bad it's good movie. Yep. When you try to replicate that and try to make so bad it's good, you know it's not really the case. And then it you know things fall apart. Yep. 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 And. Uh... That that's okay. I think uh, this is all hypothetical. I, I would love for him to try a second one, anyways. Apparently, according to the description of the, his GoFundMe, that film is already fifty percent done. But this was the GoFundMe was created in March of twenty twenty one, so it's been. I guess by the time of this recording, it's been a full year. It's only reached out of a goal of ten thousand dollars. It's only reached nine hundred. So I don't think it's anywhere close right now, but you and I, we can make it happen. We just got to get more, more listeners. Uh, we could to make watch it, it happen. Uh, if Will would do more social media. So I think you guys <laughs> should nag him to get on that a little more. All right. All right. Fine, fine, fine. But the, okay. Or the few listeners who are listening right now, you can be very generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, okay. So a little bit more about Shinny B before we, we talk more about the movie itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, according, uh, like, I looked him up a little bit, uh, seems like he's, you know, like, in, he really big onto Bruce Lee, obviously, he has a school that's on, based on, like, Taekwondo, Jeet Kune Do, and, uh, yeah, like, he's done movies before that have also addressed human trafficking. There's actually another movie called Gorka Protector, and the premise is exactly the same, except instead of being in Los Angeles, it's Nepal. But otherwise, it's the same movie. <laughs> it's about saving young girls from human trafficking from an evil villain. Right. So <laughs> I was getting a little worried okay. because part of the... So one of the kind of character motivation... Not even a character motivation. One of the, the, the character points that he creates for the character he made in this movie is that he has a wife that he keeps on remembering. His daughter remembers her. They kind of keep talking about it. And there's a emotional moment where he shares what happened to the wife with uh, the new love interest. And we find out that the wife was human trafficked while he was away, <laughs> you know, serving in Afghanistan, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, it, it comes across as really silly. But then I started thinking these vanity projects, I feel that these guys write based off of their real life. And so I was getting a little worried that I wonder if that really happened to his wife. 
And then now that you're saying there's another story that he's talking about, like that got that has me really concerned now. Ten years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be, but you know maybe putting your personal story out and and making it a martial arts movie isn't really like out of good taste, you know? If it well, if we, you really have a personal connection to something like this actually happening in his real life, right? Yeah, well, we I, I kind of spoke about this with the Raging Phoenix episode where you have these characters who are doing drunken uh, Thai martial arts, which is fun, you know, yeah. which is fun and silly at times. But then it turns out they need to save girls being sex trafficked and they're using drunken boxing and drunken Thai fighting. And then, you know, those those two things don't mesh well. And so you want to have fun, but then you're like, oh, human trafficking. Oh, it's not, you know, don't do that. <laughs> well, well, yeah. And, and also there's a disconnect here. It's like, oh, like he, I mean, he, he keeps saying in the movie, his character has a deep connection with human trafficking and it's a terrible thing. Meanwhile, he has a lot of scenes where he's just like on top of this one girl who's like half his age. And is it's, it's, it seems like at the same time, it's like, there's a disconnect if you're like the movie feels like an excuse for you to be manhandling this woman <laughs> oh boy yeah that, that's some of that there's a lot of intentional humor unintentional humor going on with all the we need to teach women how to protect themselves <laughs> right the movie opens with mm. him teaching a, a women's self-defense class Yep. And you have these men on top of these women, like holding them down. Mm-hmm. And he's just saying, like, do better. Do better. <laughs> this is life or death. Do better. I hope. And okay, then so- these women are like kind of groaning in pain, all all in unison. And I just kept them thinking, like, oh God, what kind of movie is this? This is yeah. this is horrible. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the point I'm trying to make, is which is like if so human traffic is so bad, you know, according to this movie, you really shouldn't be leaning into that kind of imagery so much um but yeah what whatever i I mean yeah yes of course Uh, the in terms of the actual fighting in terms of actual fighting okay let's talk about the instruction first and then like yeah we'll get to the fighting a bit like he's supposed to be like a great instructor on top of being a great fighter but man if he really is he instructs the same way that he does in this movie as he does in his real life dojo b martial arts uh which is in california somewhere um i hope that he does a little bit better because all he does is say do better you're gonna die if you don't do better keep fighting it's like keep fighting can you give yeah. me a little bit more than that like you need to provide a little bit more advice like oh this wrist lock isn't working why don't you try this you know like oh your your ankles like stuck to the floor you did you know, get to do this to get out of the position yeah that was kind of uh, that, uh, you know, it's very clear he's a teacher. I, I wouldn't want to discredit any of his teachings I because I just don't, <laughs> I never seen it, you know, could be the world's best martial arts teacher for all we know. But when it comes to putting it on screen, mm-hmm. you know, incompetent, because <laughs> when you see what he's trying to teach, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like self-defense no, it when he's teaching the, the, you know, sex trafficking escapee girl that he met. He, he's like, okay, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And that lesson opens up with him kind of aggressively fighting her and kicking her and grabbing her and not explaining the things she needs to know in order to get out of that. Yes. 
that that, that that's not teaching and that that's yeah not. that's a little infuriating but yeah. it's funny to laugh at, <laughs> at because that doesn't make any sense well if it, if his instruction is anywhere close to his level of fighting maybe okay well okay let, let me backpedal one step for uh, to, to give him a little bit of slack okay because yes uh, I know that this was clearly filmed during the height of COVID, right? You know, if we're looking at the timelines and the fact that we have some scenes where people are wearing masks, like especially the early scene, um, you know, this is a, a bunch of dudes are on top of these women in a very distasteful way, and they all have these masks on, and it's like, why is that? Okay, but whatever. So like, maybe they could do better, you know, like if given they didn't have the limitations of the pandemic, whatever. But not every trained martial artist makes for good action choreographer. Uh, I think that sometimes, like looking at him doing some of the the choreography himself, it looks okay. I think he can pull off the moves, but some of the choreography, it's like samurai cop bad. It is like, they just made that shit up. It's it On looks the day. Like, yeah, yeah, on the day of. It's just like, yeah, just, just spin that, that, that sword around. Just make windmills out of it. Like, who cares? Like, it's just look like you're a threat. And the big problem here is that, like, we only have a couple trained martial artists on, like, in the movie. Whereas everyone else looks like just a hired person that was part of the, you know, a friend or doing a favor for the film. So I'm, uh, I'm assuming that everybody is probably a teacher of his school or a student. You know, yeah. any anybody who was an on-screen fighter in this movie. I, I want to assume that they have some sort of martial arts skill, but that doesn't mean you are a good on-screen fighter. No. Just because you can, not. you know, throw those moves doesn't mean you can do it well for the camera. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of the issue is for me because at times I didn't mind the choreography. It's very simple and straightforward. But then when you think how it's shot, you mm -hmm. just have these very boring boring static camera angles uh -huh. you have just things in the foreground that are just obstructing the view <laughs> this woman with the phone she's yeah. just on the phone and then in the foreground obstructing the action in the background yeah <laughs> um, you listeners we're gonna save a lot of the the intricacies of the movie in the patreon section but i'll i'll i'll, I'll at least give you general listeners some context of like what i latched onto with the general fighting um there are huge problems with the continuity in the fights oh yeah huge that, that's like, one of the things i wanted to to mention as well uh I, i'm so there's lots of jump cuts yes meaning that when they you know cut or when someone edits between one scene and another it doesn't make sense it feels abrupt hence yes. the jump cut and when, what Will was saying with continuity is the way that the way the editor stitched together these fight scenes, sometimes things happen out of order. Yes. Or sometimes we're missing moments because when we cut from one moment to a next, we'll see people suddenly, oh, look at all these people. They're suddenly in this spot where there's no way they could have ended up there without a scene that's missing where we see people come down the stairs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like someone will be like kicked across the room and then the next cut, he, that person is holding the person by the hair or something. It's like, mm. wait, 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 what happened? Like, how did he teleport back? 
So uh, it, that's actually a really good point. I think the reason why we need to cover bad movies like this <laughs> every once in a while is because it actually kind of shines a light on what makes good action movies. Yeah, good like, choreography. You know, yeah, right, exactly. Right. Like you don't know what what you know what, what's what it is until it's gone, kind of thing, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, this is a perfect example where you set up these big hits uh, for placement in the in the scene, right? So, so someone's getting sent across the room. Now he shouldn't be like next to you anymore in the next shot. Like you need to show that, like, oh, he's recoiling, and then we reset. Like we, we have to always know where people are in the scene. So. This movie doesn't understand that. <laughs> and I think that's like a big mishap that the movie has all generally speaking. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there is some talent physically. I just don't think that, you know, he was able to cobble anything. You know, that actually looks good on screen. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, w- I wish he had a better cinematographer to capture it because I think if you I think if you have somebody who knows how to shoot fighting, mm-hmm. you can take very, very simple choreography and still make it feel good. You know, yep. you know how to cut between the shots. You can make certain hits look more powerful. You can make certain th- things look faster. There's a lot of there's a lot of things you can do to make a simple fight look better. No, no, and then no. when you take away some of those things, you get something like this. <laughs> You don't have to do any of that, Zero. All you need to do is just make random noises. <laughs> just just make three sounds that sound like Bruce Lee and just keep repeating that over and over throughout the oh, fight boy. scene. <laughs> yeah, there, there needs to be some sort of unspoken rule in martial arts movies now that nobody should ever try to do the Bruce Lee noises, ever. <laughs> it's going to, in, in a serious manner, because it's going to come across as parody yeah. It's going to just make you laugh unintentionally. And he, he's the only, I mean, he didn't even really do it from my understanding. Yeah. Those older films are the only ones that are going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce Boitation movies, but you laugh at those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's well, this movie was made under the guise of trying to be pay homage to Bruce Lee. Although, I'm going to put it out there, I don't think he actually understands what makes the Bruce Lee movies actually iconic. Or like... What does that yell was even all about? I'm, I'm going to save that for the, the Patreon segment. Like, we're going to break yeah, down a specific fight scene that I think, like, is a perfect example of, like, Shuni doesn't actually understand why Bruce made those noises. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's very important to, like, understand the context of that. And, you know, like, especially when you're doing a, a weapons fight, it doesn't make any sense to do those noises. But, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, generally speaking? Because... There's so much more to talk. I want to get into this movie. I have like nine pages of notes. <laughs> this movie alone. Normally, I only have like four. Oh I have my nine. god! Oh my god! Well, yeah. So this is going to be a jam-packed episode. Yep. We're going to go into it in a lot of detail. Not just, not just action. Not just so action. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear more about the movie, and and you want to hear more about us breaking down these not so good fights, definitely listen to us on Patreon because we're going to go into it probably for another hour (laughs) (laughs) knowing us yeah maybe more because this movie is a blast a little hard to sit through uh, you know and go through frame by frame but it's important to do this i think so we 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 have a litmus test so you know like this is what not to do in in your action movie so 
so yeah, uh, the Patreon segment starts somewhere around here. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're at the point where we give our recommendations, but there's a whole wealth of audio you would be listening to here if you follow us on Patreon. There you can listen to the entire episode, including an exclusive action breakdown of the fights in the movie. But you can still support us by liking us on all the things and watch this and other episodes on YouTube with visual cues to accompany our discussion. And now on to our final thoughts. All right. So is, is that is that Fight What's, of Fury? Yeah, I was gonna see if you remember the title this time. That was Fight of Fury. What oh a boy. what a gem. Oh boy. <laughs> this oh was boy. I, it's March now, right? It's March, April. Um, April. The, yeah, it's April. This is my favorite move of the year. Easily. <laughs> oh god, yeah. This was this was a pleasure to watch. Uh, I mean, notoriously, we love so bad it's good movies. Yes, we are yeah. always on the lookout for them. It's it's this is a very recent movie from 2020. Mm-hmm. So when you think of so bad it's good movies, you sometimes you generally think of like the older stuff, like this, mm-hmm. like the 80s or this, you know, like or even the 90s. Sometimes, like you need the incompetent filmmaker. You need you need somebody who's sometimes not American born to come over here and make a movie which they think is what they American, Americans love. <laughs> Well, what Americans love or what Americans do, and you realize, like, no, that's that's not what it is at all. Well, I mean, uh, like I said it earlier before, uh, the reason why I like this movie so much, uh, I mean, I have a lot of reasons, but one of the primary reasons being that it's McDojo life come to life in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is what you expect when, like, a person who thinks that they're badass and is a, an awesome martial artist thinks that they can make a movie represent their martial art on screen like this is like the embodiment of that uh, especially with all those scenes where mma fighters are just begging to be trained by shuni and like he he's just like he is the answer to all of life's problems because he knows all the philosophy he wants it he wants world peace uh, all those scenes um but yeah uh obviously from a martial arts movie standpoint it's not good but i love movies like this because it does shine a light on what not to do if you're going to make your own action scene or a fight scene you know like what action design actually is all about but generally speaking from a movie making like entertainment value thing i think this movie is very enjoyable but that's coming from a guy who has no standards when it comes to bad movies, like I love the this shit, uh, I eat it up. Anyone who does not uh, enjoy so bad as good movies will clearly not like this. So, like, well, yeah, uh, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll be a hard pass for you guys. But if you can, if you can stomach it, and you you actually want to see, you know, like what we're talking about, uh, I think it's easier to just like go sit, go watch this movie and and figure it out for yourselves. Um, if you guys listen to us on during the Patreon portion, uh, we did go into depth with a lot of the little things that made us laugh. But believe it or not, there's even more, and it's just a sight to behold. I think everyone should watch this movie. That's that's my high recommend for this movie. Zero. What, what are your <laughs> thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree too. I love so bad it's good movies. That that's uh, it's one of my simple pleasures in life. Um, <laughs> yeah. When. When when a film doesn't come together as the person <laughs> planned, 
but there's still enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And it and you know it's interesting because you can some people might say like, oh, you're well, you're making fun of the filmmaker, right? But if you think about it, there are films when people put it all together and you watch it and it's just a boring turd. And that is is just such a such a shame because all that work got put into it and it's not entertaining to watch. Yeah. At least with these so bad it's good movies, they put it together and I'm just laughing at it and having enjoyment from it. And even though maybe this isn't what the director intended. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to at least hope that they had, you know, fun making the movie. Movie making is not easy. Well, I got to put that out there. It, it's it's yeah. one of the hardest things you could possibly do. It is project management on steroids. So it is, it's one of the most difficult things you can do. So I, I, I don't like to put people down just for the sake of like them actually putting their, their best foot out there. But sometimes it's just funny the yeah, no, it's, it's just it, funny it, it, it's hilarious you've brought you've brought enjoy to my life because <laughs> how silly and how questionable and how sometimes stupid the the visual choices are and uh you know i love it you know i love a so bad it's good movie i love when this stuff comes together and falls apart in front of my eyes so you know please Shuni, continue to make more films Please. if you can. I, I fully would fully support it if you do. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, Fight of Fury is that the name? Oh, of, not to be confused with Flight of Fury, which is a Steven Seagal movie. Oh God! No. Maybe we should do that next so we can confuse the listeners. Be like, which? Wait, wait. I thought they just did that movie. It's like, no, there's an L. There's, there's an L. L. <laughs> <laughs>